0: Well, grab a cup of coffee, some tea, whatever your beverage of choice, and join me here for another episode of Survivor Sanctuary. Sometimes I feel like we need something just a little bit harder than coffee or tea when we're talking about sexual abuse in the church. Sometimes it just, ugh. I mean, sexual abuse is always a difficult topic to tackle. I mean, we know it's, it's not fun to talk about. People don't necessarily enjoy hearing about it, and we wish that it didn't exist at all. But man, with some of the stories in the news... Uh, The frustration kind of mounting just with churches over and over again, choosing to do the wrong thing when it comes to sexual abuse or or not choosing to do the right thing, which, you know, I don't know which one of those is worse, but uh, it just seems that the stories are in the news constantly every single day. And we see people getting it wrong so much of the time that, yeah, sometimes I feel like I need a good stiff drink to talk here on Survivor Sanctuary, but then, you know, I might not be able to talk. So I'm drinking grape-flavored water right now, if anyone's curious. Well, today on the podcast, um, I don't think I can avoid talking about this because it's in the news so much, and it's actually been frustrating me so much over the last couple of weeks. And that is the story of uh, John MacArthur, and Grace Community Church, of course, and the woman who's recently come forward regarding how she was treated by the church uh, when she came to them after separating from her husband because she was abusing her kids. Um, This is Eileen Gray, and if you have not heard about her story, like I'm sure that if you follow sexual abuse in the church, it's probably something that you've seen online, on Facebook, and I would recommend, if you haven't been caught up with the story, that you check out Julie Royce on Facebook, uh, check out the Royce Report online, and read some of what's been going on. And basically, I'll just nutshell it for you because that's the quickest way to do it. And then you can kind of fill in those little details by actually diving into the story yourself. But Eileen Gray married, was married, and had several kids with a man who was an employee of a Grace church and her husband was physically assaulting her kids and he was being abusive toward her as well emotionally verbally and mentally but toward the kids he was actually assaulting them like he he tried to smother her daughter once he he tried to choke her he dragged kids by his own admission he punched his children like just he was physically abusing these kids and when Eileen Gray went to the spiritual authorities and the elders in the church and told them what was happening, their response was to tell her that she needed to reconcile with her husband. And they went as far as to publicly discipline her. And by they, um, her pastor at the time, was Carrie Hardy, who was under John MacArthur. But John MacArthur actually stood twice in a church service and in front of, I think it was like a thousand people, excommunicated her from the church. They church disciplined her because she refused to reconcile with her husband, allegedly. I mean, I don't even know what part of this to say allegedly about because... Eileen Gray actually recorded all of the pastoral counseling sessions that she, her husband, David Gray, and the pastor, Carrie Hardy, did. With everyone's approval and agreement, she recorded these biblical counseling sessions. And they're appalling. Like when you read just excerpts from the things that were said, she was essentially told that in order to submit to God that she needed to submit to the abuse by her husband. And Eileen has said that she would have been willing to submit to the abuse if it were just her, but she was unwilling for her children to submit to this abuse. So rather than give the psychological eval that she said her husband needed, they told her that was worldly and he didn't need a psychological evaluation, and it was just that she didn't like her husband, and that was the reason that she wanted to separate from him and refused to reconcile. So this woman was just dragged through the mud, and she was church-disciplined twice, where they just publicly just ripped her apart. I mean, John MacArthur's like, I mean, is she a Christian? I don't know. Maybe she's not. I mean, essentially just calling her faith in Christ into question because she separated from a man who, this wasn't like, by the way, it wasn't he said, she said. It wasn't like she's saying he did these things, which that would be bad enough. If a woman comes to you and says her husband is physically assaulting her kids, like believe her, how about? But it wasn't just that. He actually admitted to the physical abuse that she was talking about. He admitted that he was walking around unclothed in front of the children and that it was inappropriate. He admitted to all of these things, He even wrote lists of all the things that he had done to the kids. And it's like, they still took his side, told Eileen she was in rebellion against God for not going back to him, sent people from the church to her house to basically harass her and to try and coerce her into getting back with her husband and sent letters that are just, you read the letters and it's like, My heart breaks reading the letters from GCC to Eileen Gray because she's already in a position where she's separated from her husband. Financially, it stinks. Being a single mom to a bunch of kids stinks. (laughs) Like, it's not easy. She's in a very difficult, very tough situation. So she reaches out for help to the church elders and to the church itself. And like, what she's met with is a bunch of shaming and basically victim blaming. Like, you know, he's apologized. You need to give him a chance to prove he's changed. Well, I say, you know what? If you're trying to smother one of your children, I'm not giving you a chance to prove that you might have changed and had some sort of change of heart where you're now really upset that you did it. Like, that's a situation that you don't need to be involved in. So this story It all started. um, I won't say when the actual abuse started, but like this story uh, actually happened in 2001. These issues that Eileen Gray had with the church and them excommunicating her. So it's been a while. She wasn't ready to come forward apparently because her children were still minors and she didn't want them to have to go through like, you know, having that story out there and I guess dealing with that. But the story has been around for a while and it's just now kind of gaining some traction and some news reporters like Julie Royce have picked up this story and are sharing it with the world. And if you've been following it at all, I think that you know what's happening because it's now being shared. Um, I shared a portion of this story on my personal Facebook page, not even on, you know, one of my advocate pages, but on my personal Facebook page. And I always can gauge, like, how receptive my friends list is to stories like this based on how many people comment on it, or I should say how many people don't comment on it or like it. There's this hardcore group, they know about abuse or they they know what I do, and, and they'll always, like, provide, you know, comments and insight And the vast majority of people will say nothing or you'll get the comments that'll be like, hey, um, you know, John MacArthur has done so much good in the world. Why are we trashing him? And the same thing is happening on Julie Royce's Facebook page uh, on a much larger scale, though, because she has a lot of people who read the things she posts, and it just never fails every single time. It's like, why are we calling out these pastors? Why are we calling out this amazing man, John MacArthur, who has written study Bibles, and he has a radio ministry, and brings so many people to the Lord, and why are we trashing him? And It frustrates me endlessly, because the reason, obviously, that these stories are being reported on by people who care about abuse is because otherwise it's not going to stop, Um, Imagine if, if stories like this are finally making the news after however many years, how many more stories coming out of John MacArthur's ministry, coming out of the churches under him in the Grace Network, how many more stories are there? Because for every story that becomes public, you can pretty much be sure that that's a very small, small sample size of what's actually going on. So while Eileen Gray's story is the one that's making headlines right now, you can pretty much be guaranteed that that is the tip of the iceberg because things like this don't happen in a vacuum. It's not like, oh, once upon a time, you know, in the midst of all of our super good decisions that we made as a church about supporting women who are battered or whose children are battered or whose children are being sexually abused. Like, you know, this is just one random story. It's never one random story. When you see a story like this, it is indicative of the way that the entire church and the elders and the deacons and the pastors there have been dealing with similar situations for years and years and years. I think it's important to note, especially in this story, that they simply didn't believe Eileen Gray. They knew David Gray. He worked at the church's school and was a teacher there and apparently was super chill and laid back. Let me tell you, there are so many people in my life who have been super chill and laid back, who I have later discovered, and my family has later discovered, much to their horror, that they were very, very abusive people, whether physically, emotionally, verbally, whatever the case may be, people who seemed to be these wonderful creatures, who actually turned out to be very abusive people who treated their wives and their children like garbage. And it kind of speaks like the church's reaction that, oh, David Gray, like, this is not, and, and the pastor, Kerry Hardy, repeatedly said in, in letters and emails to people in the church, like, this is not what we know of David Gray's character. And he was actually referring to the fact that After all this happened with Eileen and and Grace, and they excommunicated her and treated her terribly, several years later, her husband was arrested, tried, and convicted for sexually abusing her children. So what started as, oh, he tried to smother my daughter, he choked one of my kids, he punched and kicked one of my kids, he dragged one of my kids, he would not wear clothes In front of the kids and that was inappropriate behavior it went from that to them finding out that he had actually sexually abused the children as well and he was convicted his appeals were denied if you know much about the world of sexual abuse you know that getting a conviction in criminal court is really difficult it, it's really difficult because often there's no evidence. Often there's just the testimony of people. And Carrie Hardy basically said that these were accusations of Eileen Gray insinuating that she had made it up to get back at David or, or for whatever reason a woman would do that and asked the people of his church to support David Gray. He actually asked church people to pray about giving funds for his bail, funds for him to retain a lawyer. And by the way, this is not like after he was convicted of, you know, not paying parking tickets for a few months. After he was convicted of sexually abusing his adolescent children, the church continued to support his prison ministry and to encourage members of the congregation to support his prison ministry where he was teaching crazy things like biblical counseling to inmates. A man who beat his children, who verbally and emotionally abused his wife and who sexually abused his children, is conducting ministry in prison. And Carrie Hardy and Grace are encouraging members of the church to support his ministry and telling them that he's been falsely accused and that we know this man's character. He would never do this. Like, have you ever met a child molester before? Like Seriously, unless you live under a rock, it is insane for you to not know that people who sexually abuse children are master manipulators, are kings and queens of the double life. They come across as amazing people, pillars of the community. They're fantastic. There's no excuse anymore for not knowing that. There just isn't. Maybe if somebody doesn't have a television, if you've lived off the grid your entire life, you know, you've never had a radio or a TV or read a book, maybe there's an excuse for not knowing that pedophiles portray themselves as pillars of the community. But otherwise, there's no excuse at this point, especially in church. And there's no excuse for a church to say, well, you know what? This wife is is telling us he's done inappropriate, horrible things to her children. He even wrote down and admitted that he did it. Obviously, that means he's really sorry. So clearly, he is not at fault. She just doesn't like him. They literally said, Carrie Hardy literally, like his conclusion was, we've come to the conclusion that you want to be separated from your husband simply because you don't like him. It hurts to think about Eileen Gray what it was like for her to carry that for years. Like, not only is my husband, who's supposed to be a Christian, a horribly abusive person, now he's a convicted child molester, the molester of my children, who now are going to need help and therapy and support for what they've gone through. He's in prison. And this church that was supposed to be there for me and was supposed to support me and help me is now still choosing to support my ex-husband, the abuser of my children physically and sexually, while he serves his prison sentence that they are deranged enough to believe is all some big misunderstanding or essentially all just some big Evil plot by Eileen just because she didn't like her husband, so she wanted him to be in prison for some random reason. So she made all of this up. Like it's completely ridiculous. They have access to court records, they have access to testimony. There have been people who have spoken out about this case who know details and have shared details publicly. There's no excuse at this point for Grace, for John MacArthur, for Carrie Hardy, for any of the people involved in this to continue supporting this man. So why is it important that we talk about this? And I think that of everything that drives me crazy in these stories, well, first of all, it's people claiming to know Christ and people claiming to serve Christ. And it, it might seem harsh, and I get some pushback on my Facebook, and anymore, I'm not really sure that I care that much. Because if you follow Jesus, the defender of the weak, and you are a shepherd of his followers, you are supposed to care for your sheep. And what you're doing instead is throwing them to the wolves, if you're not a wolf yourself. like I'm not sure I care anymore about publicly calling these people out and calling their faith in Christ into question. I don't see how you can reconcile those two things. And it's very telling that John MacArthur has not responded to any of this. Since this story started circulating, Not a word. And I think that that may be the thing that bothers me the most is that, you know, you can speak out publicly about the fact that you're being asked to wear, you you know, your church is being asked to wear masks during services or hold your services outside for a few months. And that's this big to do. And that's the hill John MacArthur wants to die on. Really? That's the hill you want to die on when you're willing to throw abused children to the wolves and try to force a woman to take her abusive husband back so he can keep hitting their kids like he's not just going to magically change and here's the other thing that's super frustrating about this story Eileen said there was something wrong with her husband and he needed to submit to a psychological evaluation. He needed to see a psychiatrist to be seriously evaluated because she thought that there was definitely something mentally wrong with him. Oh, who'd who'd know? Like somebody who wants to be naked in front of your children and wants to choke them and smother them and kick them and punch them, and whatever. Who'd have thought somebody like that could have some mental struggles going on? But she was told that psychologists are worldly that's how the world handles things. It's just worldly. And can I say I am so sick of hearing that. It is disgusting to me that the protection of women and children against people who are physically and sexually abusing them, it is disgusting to me that their protection is considered some sort of worldly idea. It isn't worldly. Go back and read your Bible, the Bible that you hold in this such high esteem that you're willing to steamroll people. Like, go back and read it. And what does Jesus say about defending the weak? What does Jesus say about people who would abuse children? He doesn't say, like, if anyone who causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better if their wife reconciled with them and brought their children back into the home than if she would separate and protect them. That's not what he said. He didn't talk about forgiving people who cause little ones who believe in him to stumble. He didn't talk about grace for those people. He didn't talk about submitting to someone who would cause them to stumble. He didn't talk about any of that. The warning that was issued was against people who abuse. You cannot find an instance in the Bible of Jesus protecting an oppressor because it's not there. But I honestly, I mean, I was brought up independent fundamental Baptist. But even in other denominations, I remember the negativity with which people talked about organizations that protect children. There was this, I don't know if it was just like anti-government, but Child Protective Services was considered like this liberal, worldly organization that just wanted to undermine Christian teachings and take all your kids away from you. So... If a kid told on a Christian for physical or sexual abuse, it wasn't the abuser who was looked down upon. It was the organization that came in to investigate. Child Protective Services, the police, whatever worldly organization it was, those were the people who were looked down upon. I grew up with it, like years and years and years of this. There's this mistrust of outside organizations, and listen... I know that CPS has its problems. I know that our system of helping children and like family court and all of that has some serious issues. And I'm not here to say that it doesn't. I'm simply saying that the organizations that were in place to help protect kids were always viewed as being more evil than good, as doing more harm than good. And one of the many reasons that that's a terrible thing to have to grow up with is that the church was not offering any kind of safe, non-worldly haven for people who were abused. So you're not allowed to go to the world, Eileen Gray. You're not allowed to ask a psychologist for help with your crazy husband who's abusing you and your kids. You're not allowed to go to a psychologist because that's worldly. You're not allowed to get a divorce because that's worldly. You're not allowed to leave your husband because that's worldly. So submitting to physical and sexual abuse is that the answer? Is that the non-worldly choice here? Because I don't see the Bible teaching us that. And the people who try to pretend that the Bible does teach that are reaching. It is, it is a reach and it's a stretch to try and fit God into your denomination's little box that you need to fit him in so that you can make all the rules and control your congregations. This is not me having a problem with Jesus, This is not me having a problem necessarily even with religion. The problem that I have is churches telling people that anybody who wants to protect their kids is somehow this scary outsider that's just trying to indoctrinate and liberalize their children, meanwhile offering no solution themselves. Don't get protection for yourself. Don't go to family court. Don't go to CPS. Don't go to counseling if you're a battered woman. Just stay here where it's not worldly in our church. And what we're going to do to help you, since the worldly organizations can't help you, what we're going to do to help you is tell you that you just need to take your husband back and submit to his abuse. I can't. Like, I cannot understand that. I will never understand that. And my response to the people who consider it evil to report on men like John MacArthur, people who consider it gossip or to consider it this terrible thing that how dare we talk about something John MacArthur has done wrong, something that his church has consistently done wrong for many, many years. Eileen Gray is not the first and she's definitely not the last. There are stories coming. It always takes a few people to get brave and speak out and then more people come. And I think that the silence of Grace and John MacArthur and everybody involved in this story except Eileen Gray, I think that their silence is very, very telling here because there are receipts This isn't just a woman who's like, oh, yeah, this happened, and I'm going to tell you what the pastor said. She literally recorded the sessions. She has their letters, their demeaning, spiritually abusive letters. She has the video, uh, and we all have it now, of John MacArthur standing and shaming her in front of an entire church because she wanted to separate from a husband who was abusing her kids. There are receipts. And this church chose the side of the oppressor, not only in the beginning, in the middle, And in the end, the church literally is supporting this man in prison. There are people from GCC that realize now that they were pretty much duped by the church. All they knew is what they were reading in newsletters and hearing from church leadership that this poor man, David Gray, you know, his wife just didn't like him. So she just made up a bunch of stuff about him so that he'd have to go to prison. You know, she just didn't like him. That's all it was. She's just a woman with problems and... How dare she speak out against our precious David Gray? And then people in the church who spent years supporting his prison ministry, sending him Bibles. There were people who went to visit him in prison to pray with him and encourage him. And when they saw the evidence, when they read court records, when they read these letters from the church, documents, when they heard the actual things that were said in these counseling sessions, these people are ashamed of themselves and they're angry with the church for basically pulling the wool over their eyes. It's one thing to not provide the kind of support that a victim of domestic violence or sexual abuse needs. That's one thing, to just not provide the protection and the help that they need. It is evil. There's no other word for it. To not only not protect them, but to actively support their oppressor, their physical and sexual abuser, just because you think he's a nice guy. Well, he's never sexually abused me, so it must not be a problem. It's just disgusting. It, it is so, like disheartening is not a strong enough word. It's soul crushing that there are churches like this, that this is how they choose to handle cases of abuse. And then to top it all off, to tell women like Eileen Gray, to tell children who have been sexually abused, that to go and get help is worldly. Well, guess what? If the church is not going to protect the vulnerable, God is going to use people who will. You know, in the Bible where it says, if if we don't praise, the rocks will cry out. Well, if we fail to protect the vulnerable as a church, God is going to raise up people who will. If John MacArthur will not defend Eileen Gray, the YouTubers will cry out. The Facebook journalists will cry out. The TikTokers will cry out. It's just the reality. And it's a sad reality. It is so sad that we can't rely on people who claim to speak for God to protect the vulnerable. It's sad that we literally cannot trust them to do it. And instead, YouTubers are doing it. Journalists who have no interest in religion have never darkened the door of a church. They're doing it. They're writing these stories. They're exposing evil. And shame on the church for not being the ones to answer the call to defend the vulnerable. That's a shame. Protecting children, getting help for being abused, getting mental health counseling if your husband has been sexually assaulting your kids, like, that's not worldly, It's not, but as long as the church is not answering the call to protect children, to protect women, praise God for the worldly people who are doing it. Praise God for them, because who else do we have? John MacArthur's not gonna help us. Grace Community Church is not gonna help us. Men who can sell millions of books about what it means to be spiritual and righteous and holy and perfect, and the ideal submissive woman who never says or does anything wrong, those people can't do it. So praise God for the, quote, worldly, unquote, people who are stepping up and picking up the church's slack. They shouldn't have to, but praise God that they're doing it because otherwise the hurt, the broken, and the vulnerable are just going to have to fend for themselves because we're not helping them. As a church, we're not. We're not helping them. Did I mention earlier that sometimes I feel like I need a nice stiff drink <laughs> to get through an episode of Survivor Sanctuary? Man, this just this story—it's it, wild and it's crazy—and I'm going to link to some of Julie Roy's articles, and and you can look in the comment section. I, I used to have a rule like that—I would not allow myself to read comments on anything because comments have a way of just being able to make you super angry really quickly. And especially when it's something as sensitive as physical and sexual abuse and, you know, church leaders supporting oppressors and abusers. Um, When people in the comments section are like, oh, Julie Royce, you know, it's just so terrible of you to be you know, throwing these leaders under the bus. One woman was like, we just need to forgive everyone in this situation. I'm like, is that really what we need to do? Just forgive everybody. Just a blanket forgiveness. John MacArthur, by the way, hasn't asked for forgiveness. I've literally never heard that man say anything humble in my entire life. Like in controversy, when someone has an issue with him, it is arrogance that they're met with. There's not the the humility of Jesus. I don't see it anywhere, and I would love to. I would really love to. Like, show me that you're a man who actually follows the Jesus of the Bible. Humble yourself. Apologize for the part that you have played in this. Apologize for the ministry leaders that you have raised up who are throwing women and children to the wolves and coddling their abusers. I'm not going to hold my breath because, yes, I will end up dead. So I'm going to keep breathing. Um, don't expect an apology. Don't expect this to be addressed in in the proper way. But what I do expect is for a lot more stories to come out of just John MacArthur and and Grace and, and that ministry itself. We've seen and we've heard the very tip of the iceberg. And when it comes to sexual abuse and abuse in general, in the church, you know the stories you hear about are a very small percentage of what is actually going on. Something needs to change. And it's sad that we need these worldly systems to help us change, to help people get through situations like what Eileen Gray went through. And that is what I have for you on this episode of Survivor Sanctuary. Thanks as always for listening. And you can join us on our Facebook group. Just search Survivor Sanctuary Podcast and you can be a part of the conversation. I will catch you next time on another episode of Survivor Sanctuary. See you then. Thanks for listening to Survivor Sanctuary with me, Kelly Downing. If you found value in today's podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. Not only will it put a big smile on my face, more importantly, your reviews will help make it easier for other survivors and survivor advocates to find this podcast.